0: Matt Stepp, this is the first of two episodes of Tep and Step that we're recording this week. Do you think we are spoiling our audience? Why don't we
1: give the people what they want?
0: Tep and Stepp. Your premium Texas High School football podcast from your friends, your amigos at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the TEP, Greg Tepper.
1: And I am the Step, Matt Step.
0: Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much on this, an episode we forgot to record.
1: (laughs) We did, but thankfully on Monday we remembered. Because we have to give the people what they want, Tepper. Because in the weirdness of 2020, we've got basically two concurrent high school football seasons going on at once. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. Yep.
0: That was it, – it happened to me last week. It happened to me last week when I started thinking forward to, to this week. When we started talking – when I was doing conversations with Fox about Texas football days and things like that. It struck me that, oh, okay, well, next week is when 6A and 5A start. And then I don't I don't know what it was, but there was something I think it was seeing teams that were four and oh, I think because four, four and oh, four games is a that's a meaty part of your schedule.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're in the middle, mid, mid, middle of the season. You're right in the middle of it. I mean, we would be talking about normally,
0: normally for like if this was a if this was a, an average year. Weeks four through like seven are kind of like, I don't want to say the dregs because that implies that's a kind of negative connotation, but it's definitely like the okay, the newness is worn off. We're kind of just, we're in the middle of it. They're just, you're in the thick of it.
1: You're in the thick of it.
0: And instead, 4A is going to be 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A are going to be in, you know, in the middle of it. And it's all going to be new for all these other teams.
1: Yes, it's, it's going to be weird because you've got you've got some four A blows that are moving into district play, um, which kind of helps with the dregs in the middle of the season because you know you have the newness of district play starting in games that count. But you've also got some that are still holding off and have a couple of more non district games to play. And then you've got the weirdness of the four A team this week playing the five A team this week. So you have the you know the team with four games under their belt playing a team playing their first game and just. In extra weirdness so it's just yeah. a it's a cacophony of uh different different things going on right now in high school football and it's a, it's a little it's it's fun but it's a it's a it's mentally taxing as well for people who are ocd like myself
0: yeah it is and it because in in many respects what we're having to do is kind of like rewire our brain and like think extra about things but, like, you know, normally it's just like, okay, it's week five, so it's week five for everybody. There are going to be some districts that are going to be in district play, others. But it's like, you know, and and even, by the way, it's, it's worth mentioning that even though 6A and 5A start this week, not all 6As and 5As start. In fact, like, a good portion of teams still don't start this week.
1: Yes, especially in uh, clear, obviously the Rio Grande Valley, um, they're not playing this week. I think most of San Antonio is kind of split where some are, like San Antonio ISD, they're not playing yet. Um, I, I, most of the school, Dallas ISD is not playing this week. Um, Houston ISD, I don't believe is playing. I think they're scrimmaging this week, but they're not playing. So um, and there's a few others, you know, like DeSoto and Southlake are scrimmaging this week. But they're not playing a real game. It's a scrimmage. Um, Lancaster and Cedar Hill, I know in the Metroplex. So there's a there's several just in the top 25 6A teams that are uh, not playing this week. Um, do you know Lake like Travis you know, isn't playing? Uh, Spring yeah. westfield Judson. So there's a lot of big names that are still t- going to start next week.
0: The other thing for me is there are going to be. Like, there's, there's going to be two more times where it feels weird. I've, I can already see it coming down the pike. And that is, by the way, assuming that we make it through the, the, the season unscathed. That that works under this assumption. When we get to week 12, that's going to be weird because that's when 4A and below are going to get into the playoffs, whereas it's just going to be, what, week 8? For for the the big schools,
1: yeah, yeah. So scheduling for me is gonna be weird because I'm like, do I pick a a playoff game or a regular season game? We will, I'm gonna even though this is a five a six a preview show, I'm gonna pick the playoff game more than likely. Sure, so just a heads up. Well,
0: and furthermore, the other thing, and then I'm sorry, there's two there's two more after that that are gonna be weird. Then I guess it'll be week fifteen. Week fifteen is gonna be weird because that's gonna be regional finals. For that's gonna be get this that's gonna be regional finals for 4A, 3A, 2A. That's gonna be by district for 6A, 5A, and it's gonna be state semifinals for 1A. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That'll be weird, and then the and then the week after state championships. Like I can already tell, like that'll be regional semifinals for um for the 6A and 5A, and then like three quarters of the state will just be like done.
1: Yeah. You, you, know, you know what's gonna be weird for me is Thanksgiving weekend. Because the six A and five A's are gonna be still in the regular season. There's going to be regular season games on Black Friday. Like a lot of schools are playing like Friday afternoon games that week. Like that's gonna be weird to me. Because you're gonna have playoff, and there's gonna be a few that are playing like I know there's at least one game on Wednesday night that week because of Thanksgiving. So that's gonna be weird as well. So there's gonna it's gonna be a it's just gonna be weird the rest of the year. And it's it's fine as long as we get football in. That's you know if we if we get the season yep. played, I'll deal with the weirdness and my OCD. Yep. I'll just have to just have to handle it.
0: I I, I agree with that. Uh, this is not, by the way, your Week Five preview. This is instead your 6A and 5A season preview um, of Tep and Step, your premium high school football podcast. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Um, and so let's start, Matthew. Before we get into 6A and 5A, let's start as we always do. With your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. And Let's I guess go. we'll have two of them. Yeah. You, know, yeah.
1: you have to come up with two.
0: All right. Since we're talking 6A and 5A. Last year, Matt, we had some history made. As in both 6A and 5A, we set records for most points allowed in a season. Matt Step. What teams set those six A and five A records?
1: It's not a good record. Um, most points allowed in six A. I'll I'll go with. Um, uh, I'll go with Houston Sam Houston and six A, and in five A, I'll go with um, Fort Worth Carter Riverside. Just guess okay
0: all good guesses both wrong um in 6a allowing a 6a or top classification so formerly 5a originally 4a um 616 points was pasadena rayburn yeah rayburn gave up 61.6 points per game last year
1: yikes doesn't seem ideal that's not ideal for winning football games
0: and in 5a formerly 4a now originally 3a Dallas sunset by uh allowed 625 that's second all-time and it's the most points allowed by a team that only played 10 games the 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 all-time record in 11 man at least we're talking 11 man I should be clear uh, is Decatur in in 2018 they played 15 games and allowed 653 points.
1: That, that, yeah, I remember that, that. That decatur team was just weird. They they that, just got they got in shootouts every week.
0: Yeah, every week it was like sixty six to to sixty uh, for them. But they just and and that was another example of a team that just got hot at the right time. That like because I want to say they went into the playoffs at like six and four or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then, then and then they just like started and then they just started like outgunning people in the playoffs. And then they they ran all the way to the semifinals and came up short. So in any case. There you are. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, it's time for our six A and five A preview edition. And like we've done in every uh, of each of the episodes that we've done previews for, we are going to go region by region. We're going to take a look at them. We're going to start with six A. Then we're going to do five A Division One and five A Division Two. We will start with six A, and I guess well, I, as an overarching um, feeling of of six A. I will be honest, our top, so you look at our top 10, and I think last year going into the season, we had the same top two. We had North Shore and Duncanville at the top of the rankings. And I think that there was a notion like, oh, yeah, well, of course, a lot of those key figures that were back from that 2018 team are back for both teams and stuff like that. And it worked out. Mean, oh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about it. But I'll be honest, we have North Shore and Duncanville at one and two. I am comfortable saying that I think that gap between those two and everyone else is significantly narrower than it was last year.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, That's the biggest thing about 6A for me. When you even look at the top 10, um, just taking the top 10 at a glance, everyone has questions. There, there is no surefire, sure bet this year. I feel like last year now, it turned out not to be quite the sure bet last year because injuries and players not being around um, kind of hurt North Shore and Duncanville. And when we got to the state championship game, North Shore and Duncanville, in, in a lot of ways, had you know survived to, to get there. Duncanville less um, because Jaquindon yeah. Jackson didn't get hurt until the you know the semifinal game was already already well in hand. But they were both wounded teams in a lot of ways when they got to the state title game. They weren't the the full strength juggernauts that we saw. In that 2018 classic. Well, there's this year they have a, they have a good 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 amount of pieces back, but there's a lot of questions too. I mean, North Shore um, has got to find a running back. They've got questions on the defensive side of the ball on the front seven. Duncanville's front seven is really really good, and their defense as a whole is elite. But you know, Duncanville's got a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Losing JaQuin and Jackson, um, they've got Ryder Daniels back still, but they've got other question marks. Well, you know, both of them we feel like are talented enough where they'll be fine, but we haven't seen those guys produce uh, at the varsity level with with uh, with a lot of expectations. So um, those are questions as well. Then you got Duncanville with the quarterback issue, where Chris Parsons transferred in, another quarterback uh, from one of the private schools moved into Duncanville, but you know I don't think anyone. Put it, putting the expectations of Jaquin and Jackson on the new quarterback I think is an is a unfair bar. So you've got that. Um, I think Westlake – if you're looking at a team that has the fewest questions, it might be Austin Westlake. Yeah. You know, the defending 6A Division two champions probably have the fewest question marks of any of the real elite teams uh, coming back. But, you know, I don't think their their road is anything uh, – is a given as well because, you know, there's a chance that Katie goes Division two this year. Um, Judson is going to be Division 2 this year So uh, I think Westlake may have a tougher road this year Just because of of the teams that are being added to the Division 2 mix So I think 6A is intriguing because of of the questions Because we don't have any last year It was Duncanville North Shore in the field Definitely not the case this year
0: no that's i think that's the biggest that's the best way to put it um yeah i mean it's it's just it's a little bit it's just it's just a much more wide open 6a last year it felt like and especially the division one bracket it just felt like a march toward the inevitable like we're gonna get north shore duncanville it's gonna happen again this year it's like look it would not it would not shock me if neither of them made it to the title game like it would not shock me if we had two completely different finalists now to be clear we are pretty I right now, if you're asking me what the 6A Division I title game is going to be, I'm going to take North Shore versus Duncanville. Yeah, but I, I don't th- like that. I'm not betting the house on year, it this year, I ain't betting right. Last year, it. it was last year, it felt like fate accompli. This year, it does not feel that way. Yes, um, so let's go region by region. We will start with region one, and part of the you know, also part of the, the reason that, that this is particularly interesting is who is not in region one. Duncanville has moved out of region one. Um and you know I don't think necessarily teams like Allen are going to be sorry to see them go Allen Lake Carroll you know the teams that we project to go to the division 1 bracket um but I will tell you that like with Allen and Carroll and you know I guess Martin we project we project to go region 1 um for both especially on the division 1 side I do not necessarily think that there is, like, you could talk me into any, uh, you could talk me into and out of pretty much any of these teams that we have projected to go Division One to come out of, to come out of Region One.
1: Yeah, I, I think you listed the top, to me, that's my top four, is Southlake, Allen, Martin, um, well actually those are the top three um, when, you, when you take Division One. I. I think the real question is going to be, who's that fourth team, you know, who's... Mm-hmm who kind of make, makes that run as, as, as the fourth team to potentially challenge, you know, Euless Trinity has had some runs where they've been good, but they've also had some runs where they've, they've struggled a little bit, you know, does the, does the door open up for a, you know, a different team, you know, somebody like a, a flower mound or, or does one of the Plano schools, uh, get back going again. Um, I think that's the real question in, in Division One, Region One, is is you've got your big three. Who's that fourth fourth team? Is it a team from West Texas? You know, does Midland Lee or Odessa Permian um, make a deep run? Last year, Midland Lee didn't make the Midland Lee was kind of that fourth team. They made the mm-hmm. regional semis before losing to uh, Southlake Carroll. Uh, do the do the Rebels uh, make a deep run again? So I think that's the big question in, in on the Division One side of the bracket.
0: On the Division Two side, on the other side, it does feel like. There's probably a team to beat in denton geyer of course. Uh, made it, you know, made it to a title game last year. Um, came up just short. Uh, and, you know, in large part because their quarterback goes out. Not, not entirely. I mean, give a lot of credit to Westlake, but yeah. Um, uh, but well, I would have liked yeah. to have
1: seen. I would have liked to have seen Eli Stowers play yes. a full four quarters and just to see how the game turns out. Westlake probably wins, because Westlake was really, really good. But I think it would have been a much better, much better game. Well, by the
0: way, if if you want to talk about teams that nobody's nobody here is rooting for the games to be delayed or or pushed back, but like if you're talking about teams that probably benefited most from from the fact that we are starting six eight and five a a month later, I mean that gives Eli Stowers an extra month to rehab, like. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, this,
1: and, this is. Yeah. Because Stowers, I, all the all the reports were towards the end of the off season was that Stowers is probably going to start back in district. But with the season delay, I mean, there's a good chance Stowers is starting the season opener this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know? it's, it's great. But, you know, that's not to say that they're they're without questions. I mean, there there's a coaching change. Right. You know, Rodney Webb is, yeah. is coming in. You never know how that how that's going to go. He's a great coach. But, you know, it's anytime there's a coaching change, it's going to be different.
1: It's a different system. It, you know, Webb, you know, you didn't, didn't guy really ran a very power. Scheme, you know, they, they were very much aligned up. They were, they were, they, they were in the spread, but they tried to outpower you. Rodney Webb, his, his, he's been much more of a wide open kind of slinging around spread guy. So does does Coach Webb adjust, or does he adjust the Denton Geyer talent pool? So
0: well, and and the other thing that's interesting about this is like if Geyer does falter, it's like who's there to pick up the scraps? And I'll tell you, like because of the way that things break out, I mean, look. I'll just come out and say it. I really like Arlington this year. I yes. really like Arlington. I, this year. I'm I bullish think,
1: on the Colts as well. They, on paper, they look great, Tepper. They, they look, like a, they look like a legit contender.
0: Mm-hmm. Them. And if it's not them, then it's like, okay, is it a team like flower Mel Marcus? Of course, yeah. they're going to have outstanding playmakers, Jay Michael Sturdivant, uh, and, the the quarterback uh, whose name is escaping me. Nussmeyer, Garrett Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got the playmakers there. Um, but that's, I mean, it, it seemed a lot more cut and dry in division two where it's like, all right, it's Geyer. If it's not Geyer, then you start to dream on some teams and say, maybe they could have that breakthrough year. And and so that's, that's what makes division division two, I think a little bit more interesting.
1: You want, Um, you want a couple of teams to dream on as well? Yes. Um, keep an eye on McKinney. Mm-hmm. I really like McKinney this year. That they've they've been knocking on the door the past couple of years. They're really experienced. I think McKinney, if they can improve on the defensive side of the ball, I think McKinney's got a chance to make some noise in Region One. And keep an eye out west on San Angelo Central, moving back into the little little Southwest Conference and being a Division Two school more than likely. I think San Angelo Central. Brent Davis really likes the team that he has coming back. I think San Angelo Central is poised uh, to do a little damage as well. So dreams to dream on. The
0: interesting thing for me about McKinney, because I agree with you, I think McKinney, you know, this is what third year under Coach uh, Shavers. Yes, third third year under Coach it's Shavers. Year three. Here's the question: Can they make the playoffs? Because they're in the same district as Guyer, Allen, Prosper, who we haven't mentioned yet, and then it maybe and it's probably going to be just like a battle royale for like between them and Denton Braswell um, to yes. get in. It's like. If that is one of those situations where because that district is so deep, it's like McKinney is one of those teams that if they get in, they're super dangerous, but getting in is not a guarantee.
1: No, I mean, that's a 17 district and there's six, per, you know, Little Elm's going to struggle, but other than that, I mean, I mean, you, you can see you can, you can make a case for Brasswell, you can make a case for Boyd um, to to get those, you know, that last spot. I mean, there's one of those teams is not going to get in and, and they're going to be disappointed.
0: So let's now move on to region two. Where we region, region two, you do, do the regional picks
1: beforehand, oh, or are we can do it at the end?
0: We'll do them at the end. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll do them at the end. So right. region region two, um, it, it seems kind of D1 top heavy. Um, and especially, look, th- th- there is going to be a lot of ink spilled about district 11 6A because of just. What it is the weirdness now did they decide to do zones? I haven't Yes. I, you'll have to forgive me, I've some.
1: So here's the weirdness of eleven six A. Eleven six A is doing zones. Um, and the they're gonna the, the plan is to play their three zone games first and in the zone playoff, and their playoff spots are gonna be locked in after the zone playoff in the fourth week of district. Then they're gonna play the other three district games, but they're gonna be basically treated as a non district game. Hmm. Because the zone results are going to hold up. Some districts are doing it where they're doing the zone results, and then if they, if they can finish the entire schedule, they'll revert back to the full results and seed the playoffs that way. Not 11-6A. Unless 11-6A has changed, they're going to keep the zone results and then play the last three non-district ga- district games as quote-unquote non-district games. They will not have any bearing on the playoffs, which is really weird and, and, and interesting, but, I mean, that's the way the district chose to do it. So, yeah. So uh, the the power nexus in region two is going to be
0: div- is going to be district um, eleven, and I think that it's a fair uh, way to you know look at it. You know, Duncanville obviously I think Duncanville deserves to to start the conversation. Um, they're going to be they're going to be the team to beat. Yeah, absolutely. DeSoto, they, they
1: deserve, they've earned the crown.
0: DeSoto, you know, let you know. Let's see. Let's see what happens with DeSoto. DeSoto's been a team that like I feel like. <sighs> I don't know. Oh, I don't think they've I, I gotten past the second round of the
1: playoffs to, since they've state.
0: I was just about to say, has the reputate has the has the like the the state title contender uh like Aura worn off a little bit on DeSoto because look, it's they it, it's been a minute since they were like a legit contender.
1: I think it has worn off. I mean I mean they're not bad. I mean they they're consistently going ten and two, nine and three, but that's not where they were earlier. You know, they're, they're, they're they've kind of, I, I think they have a chance to be really good. In fact, I think DeSoto, it, you can probably make a case that DeSoto's the second best team in the region in division, in division one. Um, I, I think there's a good case to be made for them there. Um, but that's still, I don't know how, you know, Duncanville has really separated themselves from the field. So I, I think that that gap is definitely widened there. So if it's not – and
0: here's the thing. If it's not it, – it, let's, let's talk – we're talking about Division One and Region II. Um, we would have to divide now it into the non-11-6A contenders, which mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the best among those is probably Spring-Westfield, who now, by the way, projects to go to Division I.
1: Yes, uh, I would say Westfield is probably your – your top division one contender, um, yeah, you know, I think Klein Oak is going to be there. They they lost a lot. Um, they were they were really strong last year. Um, and I, I just depending on how things shake out, sixteen a is one to watch because Bridgeland could yeah. slide into division one if things break right. We have them projected in division two, but I think Bridgeland is really the one to kind of keep keep a really close eye on because those Cyfared. You know, those, those third and fourth playoff spots in Fair ISD are always really up for grabs. And if the right two teams make it, it could slide Bridgeland into Division One. And by the way, we're, we haven't even mentioned the D1
0: semifinalist from a year ago, which was Rockwall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, a lot of questions. They, they're they graduating Jackson Smith and Jigba, and, but they still have Braden Locke. I mean, somebody had to throw it to them. Yeah, well,
1: they still have lock, but they don't have their coach anymore. A lot, a lot of questions yes. with Rockwall, you know. And this yes. was this was not a team that was a defensive juggernaut last year, so they they had to get into a That's lot of fair. shootouts to win. So I, I think Rockwall, obviously, they're still going to be good. I, I think District Ten is really interesting because I think Mesquite has a chance to be really good this year. Rockwall mm-hmm. Heath is is surging, and I think Tyler Lee. We'll, we'll talk about Division Two. I think Tyler Lee is a real contender on the Division Two side this year. I think the t- I think excuse me. Tyler Legacy. Tyler Legacy, dang it! I'm looking at the UIL <laughs> realignment uh, PDF. That. It's Tyler Legacy. Um, I think Tyler Legacy under Joe Willis. This is this is kind of the crew they've been waiting for. They got into the playoffs last year. I think Tyler Legacy is, uh, and you have Skyline in, in District 10. There's going to be a really good team in District 10 and, and Mesquite Horn as well. There's going to be a good mm-hmm. one or two really good teams in District 10 that are home come playoff time.
0: On the Division Two side, like it, it does seem like things are set up pretty well for for Cedar Hill. Um, yes. You know, de- depending how the rest of it breaks, but like it seems like things are set up pretty well for Cedar Hill. If it's not Cedar Hill, I think the strength of Region Two lies outside of DFW. When you're talking about teams like you know, you mentioned Bridgeland could go to Division Two, um, uh, Collin or Klein Collins it's Hewitt, or, or Hewitt Midway. Mm-hmm. Um, Cedar Hill's probably the best DFW threat out of Division 2, Region 2. But I would agree if it's that. not them, then you're probably looking outside of there.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you a team to sleep on, though, and to really dream on, and it's Neyman Forest. I mean, you look at Naaman Forrest on paper, and and Jesse Perales, you know, he came in there last year, and there was a lot of people, you know, all El Paso coach coming in, he's not going to do much. And they struggled at first, switching from the wing tee to the uh, spread offense. Uh, It was a challenge for for Naaman Forrest through the first few weeks of the season. They, they, They got hot late, won their last four games, and got into playoffs. Tepper, they've got 18 starters back from a playoff team last year, including all 11 offensive starters. Yeah. Name and force the team to to dream on in on the division two side for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, think, I think that's right. So, uh, yeah, look, a lot of a lot of eleven six a Everyone's going to pay attention to eleven six a but there's a lot of other really interesting teams in the region too.
1: This, this region always fascinates me because of the geographic confluence, because you get those Dallas versus Houston matchups early in the playoffs in this region, and then you throw in the, the Super Syntax district, uh, adding a little geographic uh, diversity to the mix. It's, it's just an interesting region that always fascinates me come playoff time.
0: So then you go to Region 3, and Region 3 has, for probably the last at least three years, been the power nexus of 6A. Especially
1: and, in, Division, in Division 1, especially.
0: Especially Division 1. And all they did this year was add the defending 5A Division 1 state champs.
1: No biggie.
0: Um, so now, if you take a look at our preseason top 10, they've got four of the top 10. And if, yeah. you, if you expand it to 20, they've got six of the top 20. Um, it's it's the the the, the talent and the, the 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 teams down there the quality down there is just is unmatched i think the i think plain and simple the big question that shapes not just region or not just region three but arguably the entire state in 6a is does katie go d1 or d2
1: yep that's exactly right because you know, you look at Katie, and they are the third biggest school in their district. So, Tompkins and Seven Lakes are larger than Katie. If they both get in, Katie goes Division Two. If one misses, Katie goes Division One. I, and I think we're, we feel pretty confident Tompkins is going to get in. They've got Jalen Milrow back to Texas Command. They lost a lot due to graduation, but they've got enough back and enough talent, and and Todd McVay has done a good enough job at that program where I think they're going to be fine. It's really the question of Seven Lakes, Morton Ranch, Maid Creek, and Cinco Ranch. Can Seven Lakes hold off? Morton Ranch really had a uh, – uh, Morton Ranch usually has good, good athletes and good talent, but they struggled last year. May Creek broke through last year and went nine and three. But, you know, they've got some questions as well. You know, their quarterback, you know, was just on the news. I think he was just, you know, gotten into some legal trouble. So his status is up in the air, and that really hurts a Maid Creek team that is going to be very young and going through a coaching change at the same time. So does that open the door for Seven Lakes to get that fourth playoff spot, which would send Katie to Division Two in – completely changed the, the 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 perspective on the division 2 bracket in region 3 which you know for all and for pre, you know last couple of years has been kind of a well who's going to win it this year whereas yeah. if Katie goes division 2 i think you immediately put the tiger you know, the tiger slot in as the favorite in division 2 II, region 3 if that happens
0: uh, Absolutely absolutely i think that i think that's absolutely fair to to put them yeah. in there now the one thing i will say is if you are the, the team that would benefit most from Katie going to Division one, the team that would benefit most from them clearing out
1: of Division two or Division two, I think would be Shadow Creek. Yes, because I think if Katie um, stays in Division 1, I, I think Shadow Creek is the favorite in 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 Region Two in Division 2. Um, yeah. When you look at the, some of the teams that, that are projected to go to the Division 2 route, I think Shadow Creek um, is the favorite. I mean, we could easily see a Katie-Shadow Creek regional final if they're both in Division 2. But, you know, the Sharks, you know, moving up to 6A is not going to be an issue for them, and and, and – They've got enough talent, enough playmakers where they're going to be fine. And they're not scheduling light Tepper. I mean, they're opening the season with North Shore and Bridgeland. Um, yeah. So they're going to be battle-tested when they head into their district, District 23-6A, which, which I project them as, as, a, as the favorite to win the, win the district, despite having Pearland and Pearland Dawson as straight Jesuit in there.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. You know, on, on the Division One side, uh, you know, North Shore looms. Yes. And North Shore is going to be – you know, North Shore is interesting, and, and I'm we're going to talk about this. I'm sure we will talk about this on tomorrow's podcast. But um, I really want to see what they do in their opener against Shadow Creek because this is a team, and we talked about other teams like this, where they have the stars back, okay? They have the dudes back, Demetrius Davis, and they're getting Shadrick Banks back, by the way. Yeah. Who,
1: uh, who who missed mean, they, they only had Shadrick Banks for like five games last year. He's yeah. back. Um, He's and- back. Their receivers are going to be a problem because you got Charles King and shattered banks. I mean, Charles King took over as the number one receiver last year and banks was hurt. Now you've got both of those guys back
0: for sure. But here's the thing. What I'm very interested in is that like they have the stars, but the nuts and bolts of this team are getting remade. They're getting kind of, kind of built up. The offensive line's got to be redone. Uh, a lot of that defensive front seven has got to be redone. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see that they're not like the bone of like they're not we mentioned off the top they're not the locked and loaded gotta it, like they're the team to beat in six A Division one uh, this year. That said, you know they start the year they're the two time defending champs they've got arguably the best player in the state Demetrius Davis they deserve to be in that conversation. If it's not them though, you know again putting putting aside Katie for a moment we've spent a lot of time on them. Um, is it a team like Atascocita? They have a lot of rebuilding to do a lot they got they do they got hammered by graduation but if it's not them may i interest you may i interest you in cypher because i like Fair a lot
1: Fair always is kind of lurks you know they 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 got the division two state title a couple of years ago but in the last couple of years you know you look at Fair in 2018 they get to the regional final and play north shore tougher than anyone else before the Duncanville I mean they, they played North Shore tougher than Katie that year because I was at that game and and they, they went toe to toe for four quarters Now North Shore pulled away and won by I think 17 or 14 but it was a competitive game and then last year they go 11 and 1 and lose to Katie in the area around the playoffs in a, in a really good competitive game um, they've got a new coach Jeff Miller but I, I don't think there's going to be a ton that changes uh, in Bob Catley. and I think Cy Fair is going to do what Cy Fair does and they've got LJ Johnson back and when and they have a bell cow running back, Cypher is a handful for a lot of teams.
0: 100%. And then the other thing is that then you go into the depth of Division One, and that's always been the thing we've talked about. And I know you could probably play back our 6A preview from last year and hear about, oh, look, Katie Tompkins is going to be a problem. Jalen Miller is a superstar. Dickinson, always just a chore. Playing Dickinson sucks. Like I yeah. feel like playing Dickinson just is no fun.
1: They're they're always in the mix. They're they're, and they're yeah. always they're always good enough to where you you're like, dang it I gotta play these guys. They're, they're 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 always just kind of in the mix.
0: And then if there's a team that's kind of like right on that periphery that I'm into, would be would be Ridgepoint before Penn Ridgepoint. Yeah. Um. Uh, they they bring back a ton from last year's offense. Got to rebuild that defense. But a team certainly like if if it's not again this is working under the assumption that it's not North Shore. But if it's not North Shore, maybe it's a team like Ridgeport.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think if it's not North, you, you got to give the nod to Atascacita as the kind of the next level. But I think after Atascacita and Cypher, you've got this real heavy group of teams where you can just pick pick a team. And if they get hot, there'll they'll be a problem to deal with can play all t- time.
0: Okay. All right. Let's now matriculate to Region 4, where Region 4 uh, has a familiar trio at the top in some yeah. order uh in Westlake Lake Lake Travis and Judson um we will start I guess we'll kind of start on the division two side because I think that's actually the more interesting side um you've got Westlake the defending state champs you kind of mentioned that they are a lot more of kind of a known commodity um. Uh. They they will have a new quarterback in um in, in It sounds like it's gonna be Cade Clubnick.
1: Yeah. Because they, they, they. I mean, Westlake. You think about it. They played three quarterbacks pretty consistently most of the year last year. Yeah. Well, now two of those guys are gone, and Clubnick, the sophomore last year, now kind of he's the guy that's left, and he's gonna he it's his job.
0: Uh. And then you know the the chief challenger at least from the outset in Division two would almost certainly be Converse Judson. Yes. But Converse Judson is in just such a weird spot because they they were they were going into the season thinking they were going to have two powerhouse transfers in in Jordan Battles out of San Antonio Brandeis uh, and then uh, uh, Butler is that right L J Butler LJ Butler yeah L J Butler That's right there's two you mentioned L J Johnson and I was like man do I just have those wrong but yes it's L J Butler there's two LJ, two outstanding running backs in L J both of those guys were then ruled ineligible at Judson and so now it's like well. Like, I still like them. I still think, like,
1: defense pretty going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they lost a couple other kids to cornerstone, man. It's been tough. It's been a tough offseason for Judson, you know, just with the two kids transferring out, two kids transferring in. Neither, and they aren't eligible, so now they, they're, they're minus four if you look at it. They still have DeAnthony Lewis. They're still super athletic. They're still super talented, and they're still Judson. They're still going to be a problem. Um, I think they're they're kind of the the team you know the chief challenger to Westlake um but i i think steel has a chance to be pretty solid you know they've got Wyatt Beagle back i I have a feeling steel is going be gonna look a little more like steel looked you know back in 2016 mm-hmm. 2015 because steel hasn't really been you know they've been good but not they're they them and DeSoto, that 2016 state championship game between steel and DeSoto both of those schools since that game have kind of, taken a downward trajectory so um, I think Steel's in the mix you know Brandeis you know, I know Coach Branscom is really excited about his team you know people are going to kind of sleep on him because they lost Jordan Battles uh, but he really likes the team that he has coming back and this is a team that, that's been to the quarterfinals and back to back years
0: yeah, and then, you know, one of the other things is like like let's also not forget that there is another semifinalist in that's projected to go Division 2, and that'll be San Antonio Wagner, you know. Uh LJ Butler, they do lose LJ Butler, I think. I don't know, is he going to, do do we know where he's going now?
1: I, I heard he's going to stay at Judson. So, um, you know, he is so eligible to not, play not, at Wagner if he if he went back to Wagner. I have not heard but you know, that was the initial uh, initial thing. And you know, Sharks Clement. I mean, 27-6A is the probably the deepest district in this region because you've got oh, yeah. pl- you know, Clemens won the district last year, and no one really talks about them because they kind of fly under the radar. And then you've got Smithson Valley is always in the mix too. It's a it's a good district there. So 27 twenty six, twenty seven, um, six eight. And then uh, you know, I think it's what's getting slept on as well is is the Round Rock district getting moved into Region Four. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll talk about Vandergrift probably on the Division One side, but that, that makes that that changes the dynamics in Region Four a little bit.
0: Yeah cuz cuz then let's matriculate to to region to region or division 1 rather where look it it's, I think a lot of people are just going to look at Lake Travis and be like okay it's Lake Travis but I'm not so sure first of all Steel could go division 1 um Steel Steel could go division 1 which would certainly throw a wrench into things but then also I think that you know you mentioned district 25 them moving into, like, it's, it's just a small thing. But, like, last year, Lake Travis and Westlake was the District 25. This year, they're District 26 to make room for another Austin-area district that adds in a lot of really quality, at at the very least quality depth. But mm-hmm. I think a couple of contenders like Vandegrift, like uh, you know, I, I think I think there's really high hopes for Cedar Park Vista Ridge this year, um, and and you mentioned like Round Rock. Round Rock was a team that that I think maybe didn't live up to its paper last year, but but brings back a solid core.
1: Yeah, the Round Rock schools always there's always one that's usually. Stout, You know, it's been Cedar Ridge. It's been Stony Point. Round Rock had a year a couple of years ago uh, where they were really good. It's all, they're always one of those Round Rock schools is always in the mix. And then you throw in a, a Hutt, the mystery guest in Hutto moving up from Class 5A. You know, Bradley Plant Squad, I think, is going to be a team that's going to have to be dealt with in District 25 as well because they add some quality depth to this district.
0: Yeah, I think so. And if I may throw in one other kind of sleeper, and I don't know if you can call them sleeper considering they went all the way to, what, the regional semifinals last year? Uh, but Harlan, San Antonio Harlan.
1: Yeah, moving um, up from 5A as well. Moving up from 5A. They were 12-1 um, last year.
0: Exactly. Um, I don't necessarily – I think the best team in the Valley is probably Vela.
1: Um, yeah, there's just so many questions just because of what's gone on uh, yeah. with the COVID situation in the Valley. You know, it looks like there, you know, we, we may even, you know, I mean, you know, there's rumblings now. La Jolla ISD is reconsidering their decision to cancel fall sports and maybe having a vote later this week to bring fall sports back. Um, so, But this, there's so much unknown down there. It's, it's just going to be, we're going to need a few weeks of actual games being played to, I think, really get a feel for the situation down in District. Districts 30, 31, and 32. 30 is not a Valley district. It's Laredo district, but they're kind of in a similar boat with just the COVID situation down there. So it'll be interesting uh, to see uh, kind of what happens when they actually start playing games. Because I think they're jumping right into district games. I don't think they're going to play any non-district games. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be wild. Just, It'll just be you know, good just, to
1: see them playing football. It, it, it's going to be absolutely. great for me, for those communities, to see scores from Harlingen and Edinburgh and PSJA and Laredo uh, come through on Friday night and see those guys back playing football again. That, for for them to play football, I think, is a win.
0: Agreed. Okay, so uh, let's get your region picks uh, for each of them, and I'm going to ask you to go Division One and Division Two. All right, Uh, so it's an added degree of difficulty. Uh, Go ahead and uh, we'll just start with, let's just say Division One. Let's start with Division One.
1: Uh, Region One, I'm going to go South Lake Carroll. Uh, Region Two, Duncanville. Region Three, uh, North Shore. And Region Four, Lake Travis. I'm going real chalky there. Um, Do I need to go Division Two or get my my semifinal and title picks?
0: Go and give me your semifinal and final picks.
1: Uh, I'm going to take. I'm going to go a little bit of an ups. I'm going to go North Shore over South Lake in a state title game. I think South Lake gets Duncanville this year. Uh, I think Quinn Ewers is the truth, and I think South Lake by by the state semifinals, their young players will have grown up a little bit. South Lake, uh, but they fall to North Shore in a state title game, and North Shore wins their third straight state championship. Dude, it's so
0: wild that we haven't even like mentioned Allen. You know what I mean? Like, it just, you know, it's just kind it's,
1: of, yeah, it's it's Allen's just kind of, they're, they're good, but they're a little bit. I don't want to say the afterthought, but they're they're under the radar I, a little bit.
0: I don't think that they're like plain and simple. Like right now, when you take a look at Allen, I think it's reasonable to think that like it used to be like they were the, the way we're talking about North Shore and the way we're talking about Duncanville is kind of like inevitable. Like that's kind of gone. And maybe Rockwall did it to him. Um, or maybe it was a combination of D- Duncanville and, and Rockwell. I also think the other thing, I have some pretty big questions about Allen's defense this year. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, Duncanville in the semifinals in 2018, that was really Duncanville's coming out party. That was a really good competitive game that Allen just lost. But last year, I feel like losing the second round of the playoffs, you know, I don't want to say Jackson Smith and Jigbo pulled Allen's pants down, but because it was a one-point game and Rockwall needed a two-point conversion late to win. But losing in the second round of the playoffs, just well, that'll kind of do it to you.
0: Yeah, I think so. I'm going to go, I think, exactly like you did. I'm going to go with South Lake Carroll. I'm going to go with Duncanville. I'm going to go with uh, North Shore. And I'm going to go with Lake Travis. I am going to go with... Yeah, I'll just go Duncanville, North Shore, Volume 3, and I think I think North Shore does it again. I'm going to go with North Shore 3 Uh okay. at least right now here on September 21st. Okay, now Division 2.
1: So in my picks in 6A, they're, 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 yeah, I made my picks, but I did it like two months ago, so I'm changing it up a little bit because I have more information now. Uh, in Region 1, uh, Division 2, I'm going to go with Guyer. Um, I think they get past Arlington. Uh, region 2, I'm going to go with Cedar Hill but keep an eye on Bridgeland for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, region three, I'm taking Katie. I had Katie in division one in my, my preseason picks, but with some of the information that's come through about Maid Creek, uh, I think seven lakes gets into the playoffs. I'm going to go Katie in region three and uh, I'm going to go Westlake in region four Um, for my state title pick. I'm going to go Katie over Denton Geyer to win the state championship. Dude.
0: I hate agreeing with you. Like yeah. say something I don't disagree with Um, because I'm I am i am pretty much the exact same. I like Geyer out of region one. They seem like the, kind of the obvious pick. I will go with Cedar Hill in region two, but I am I think people are sleeping a little bit on Klein Collins, and it would not be a surprise if Klein Collins got mm-hmm. in there. So I'm gonna go but I am gonna go with Cedar Hill. I agree with you, and I've been on the KD to Division Two bandwagon since yeah, from the
1: you were on it since realignment. You've been on that yes. KD bandwagon since fr- since February.
0: Now they've you know they're they're going to be without a couple of key players but I do think that I think Katy gets it done. They get out of region 3 and then I'm going to go with Westlake in region 4 and I am going to go with I think Denton Guyer No. You know what? I'm going to go with I'm going to go remember when Katie and Cedar Hill would meet in the playoff uh, title game every year? 3 years in a row. That Let's run fun. it back. Okay, I'm going to go okay. with Cedar Cedar Hill and Katie, and I'm going to take Katie over Cedar Hill. That's what I'm going to do. Right here okay. on, on on September twenty first. Okay, on to five A and to five A Division one, um, where look, it's it's kind of the it's the comings and goings, right? Like the defending state champs are gone. Um, in 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 uh, Shadow Creek, they move <laughs> up, um, but they are replaced by I think a really really stout group of newcomers be they dropping down or moving up that make 5a division one perhaps more i don't want to say more robust but like
1: it's fun to me it's
0: real fun
1: because you've it's, got you know region one two and three it's it's kind of there's a lot of loaded teams and you got you've got the region four which i think let's just get weird in region four let's get real yes. weird so i'm here for it I
0: totally agree, and that's that's what makes this, I think, really interesting. Is that Division One, like I, it will it will be kind of easy and perhaps fun to look at Division One and be like, oh, okay, well, of course, it's like the team that came within a play of winning the title uh, last year is back largely largely intact. Uh, so why wouldn't you go with Den Ryan? And and I think you're well within your rights to say, yeah, for sure, I'm going to go with Denton Ryan to to get back to a title game and to finish it off. But I also think that whereas I think I think the road got more treacherous for them. Oh, absolutely, their and, and district It's tough. Well, and particularly, dude, the fact that they moved, correct me if I'm wrong, but they moved from from Region 1 to Region 2. Correct, yeah. I mean, in
1: in Region 1, let's just be honest, Denton Ryan in Region 1 wasn't fair the past four years. They just ran roughshod through Region 1. So uh, the teams out West are celebrating Denton Ryan's departure, and the teams to the East are just like, okay, one more tough team. We're used to all these tough teams being in our region, no big deal. So it just adds to it.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm really interested in this. So let's start going re- region by region. We will start with the aforementioned Region 1, which now just has like a vacuum. Yes. Like, it, it's like, okay, who's going to step up? But I do think that there's two teams both joining 5A Division 1 from different directions that probably take the early pole position, and that would be either Red Oak or Amarillo Tascosa.
1: Yeah, I, I think those are the two teams to keep an eye on the most. Red, Red Oaks got the buzz right now. Um, they broke through last year, went 11-2, and two, um, lost to Alito in the third round of the playoffs, but they've got a ton back. They're moving up. They've got confidence, and I think moving into Region 1 is going to help them a lot. Tascosa just kind of does what Tascosa does. Now – they're going to be athletic. They're going to be talented, but they don't have Joseph Plunk anymore running, running that option offense. I think they're still going to move the football, and they're going to be a pain to, to prep for. But you know, losing Joseph Plunk, I think, really is going to be an, a, a question mark for Tascosa because he was such a. I mean, he led he led them to six playoff wins in two years. He led them to the state semifinals as a junior, and yeah. they got to the third run of the playoffs last year. So. Um, I think losing him is going to be a, a big blow for Tascosa, but the, the Rebels are still good enough in the trenches and, and athletic enough to, to, to really be a matchup, matchup problem for teams out west. But the, there's some decent – Region 1 is deeper than, than it was last year. Last yes. year was Denton Ryan in the field. I think Tascosa and Red Oak are the teams to beat, but you've got teams lurking like Mansfield Summit dropping down from 6A after making the playoffs. I think Azel's going to be really strong. Abilene Cooper's going to be strong. I think Lubbock Coronado with their quarterback Sawyer Roberts is going to be strong, so I think you've got some much better depth, and I think what you're going to see is you're going to have more competitive later-round playoff matchups than last year when it was pretty much like, who's playing Denton Ryan? Okay, they're losing by 30.
0: Yes, that's entirely true. And, and that's like it opens the door for a team like Colleyville Heritage, which is going through a coaching change, but has a lot of talent back from last year's mm-hmm. team um, and a team that, you know, if you believe in teams getting hot at the right time, they were a team that got hot at the right time. Um, same thing goes with do I hear some love for Amarillo? Um, I think the Sandies yeah. have a good chance, especially. I think that offense might hum, man. Yes. I think that offense. Has they're, ready really to, they're
1: ready. They're ready. And they're ready to explode. And they're not scared of Tascosa. They've beaten Tascosa the last couple of years. They that, that's a rivalry game. They don't fear Tascosa at all. And they know how. They're one team that plays Tascosa every year, so they know how to defend that offense.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, elsewhere, I, I think you're right. I think that the overall, because there's not that big looming threat of like somebody's going to have to take down uh, Godzilla in, in Denton Ryan, um, now that they're gone, it's like it's a lot more wide open and it's going to be a lot more competitive, which also is going to make region two more competitive. So let's talk about perhaps the most ridiculous region of all time. <laughs> it's um, pretty crazy. In our rankings, in our rankings, five of the top five, are in region two. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> five insane. of the top five. One, two, three, four, five. Ryan, Lone Star, Longview, Highland Park, Lancaster. And by the way, if you expand that to 16, eight of the top sixteen are in are in the it's are in crazy. region two.
1: It's just crazy. It is
0: ridiculous. And and look, it, it all like there's there's really. There, there's two districts that everyone's going to pay attention to, right? Region, uh, District 5, that's the mm-hmm. Ryan, Lone Star. I'd even lump Independence in there, I think. Oh, Independence yeah. Independence, is, Independence
1: is my sleeper. Watch out for yeah. Independence, folks. Keep an eye on them.
0: Um, between them and then D- Regions, or District 7, which is going to be Longview, Highland Park, uh, Tyler, and then McKinney North. Mm-hmm. Um, those would be the teams that, that are going to be in there. But you've also got kind of sprinkled in there just for funsies just to have fun mm-hmm. you're going to sprinkle in lancaster which might have their best team in, in years you're going to sprinkle in lufkin just for funsies you're going to sprinkle in you're going to sprinkle in college station just for funsies mm-hmm. region two is so absurd like it can i get some love for new Caney? they were
1: 10 and one last year
0: dude yeah dude new Caney, absolutely
1: and Magnolia was, I believe, the area around, I mean, Magnolia is a good team. If this, this, yeah. it's crazy. The, the playoffs in in Region Two are going to be bonkers.
0: It's going to be like, honestly, it is going to be on par with six A Division One Region Three in past years. Mm-hmm. That, like, every single week, there's going to be like, oh, it's number two versus number three in the state going at it. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Like, there there are questions for for every team. Like Ryan. Has some questions, uh, especially like on the offensive line. Um, and death. Well, a lot of you
1: know Brian, the, the, you know, Ryan that, it, that a lot of their their big studs go both ways. They play both sides of the ball, yes. so, so they cannot afford injuries because they they lose one guy, it's potentially like, like losing two. Uh, Lone
0: Star, Lone Star, everyone's going to be like, oh well, they lost Marvin Mims, and that is true. But like they bring back almost every other important position offensively. My question is going to be. Offensive line, defensive line.
1: Yes, Their gonna defense be super underrated. Marvin Mims stole all the headlines last year, but but that defense for Lone Star was legit last year.
0: Yes, it was really good. Uh, and then you have Longview, of course, dropping down. This is going to be... I've said this for, for, for months and months and months. This is going to be a much more traditional Longview team. The, if you're just now paying attention to Longview the past couple of years, you just haven't gotten what Longview traditionally is all about because they've had... Kind of that that they've had that superstar quarterback. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't have that this year and instead they're gonna go back to their bread and butter, which is we're just gonna pound you. And we're just gonna, just lie gonna
1: in the I formation and we're just gonna run toss and lead and power and yeah, just bludgeon exactly. you.
0: That's what they've always done. It's mm-hmm. just that they've had like an, an SEC quarterback the past couple of years. Now they don't have that. They're gonna go back and it's gonna be like a snoot full of Caden Meredith, I think. Yes.
1: Uh
0: and then you have Highland Park who looms as well um they're they're interesting because like they lose know, a superstar
1: people... senior class they had a senior class yeah. that was much more star-studded than highland park is used to
0: dude they lost 55 seniors yeah highland park did like that's crazy yeah it's... Um, and that's why i gotta be honest Part of me wonders if Lancaster is just going to slide in and just be like, "Yep, eh, we got this. Don't worry about us." Like, we yeah, yo, we'll we we'll They take made them. the
1: regional finals last year. They 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 got a lot back. They got it. They got pedigree. The only question I have with Lancaster is their district. I yeah. I wonder, you know, yeah. and was, well, with the shortened season, they scheduled a really tough non district schedule, and that non district schedule has been basically eliminated. Um, if memory serves correctly, Cause they, they were they were going to play. I think, um, you know. Skyline and Port Arthur Memorial they still have Skyline but now they go straight from Skyline into into a district where I'm going to be honest they're going to win every game by 40 points or more they're not going to be challenged in district so now how does that you go from that to from that to a playoff bracket that's going to be loaded is Lancaster going to be battle tested enough to play those tough and gritty playoff games in basically December now because the playoffs don't start until December
0: Right. And, and that's and, and to, to kind of put a fine point on that, you know, our computer rankings, we can project out what their games are, what what they look like right now on the computer rankings. They'll change. But Lancaster presently in their district games is is favored to win. This is true. 62, 66, 53, 72, 70, 48, 70, 52.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's not they're not going to get pushed in district. Yeah. And so and, that's kind of the big question. And you go from that to, oh, first round playoff game against, I don't know. New Caney Porter, who's not a juggernaut, yeah. but that's such a step up from what they've been playing. That's gonna that the, the upset potential is there just because of that fact alone.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then that's not even a, look. We could go on and on and on about Region Two. We do have to move on to like Lufkin, Frisco Independence, College Station, like uh, Tyler. That's gonna take a minute too. McKinney North, Magnolia. I mean, I mean the Colony, yeah. like you know
1: sure, i think a ridic- Sherman's gonna be really, I think Sherman's going to be solid this year. I think Sherman has a yeah, chance think, to be a real kind of deep sleeper to get into the playoffs.
0: Like legitimately, I think I think there's a fair argument to be made that as far as quality as far as quality teams are concerned. As far as quality teams are concerned, I think region 2 is legit 20 deep. Like that's insane.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's a good okay. it's a great region.
0: Let's go to Region Three now in Division One. Region Three in Division One, kind of looks like it, it's looked in 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 the past, with the exception of a, a, a move up. Um, look, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Of, they're playing the hits, right? You're adding in Manville, right? And Manville's mm. moving up from Division Two, and they'll be a they'll be a chore to deal with once again. Yeah. I think they're, they're a all, year
1: they, away. I think they're a year yeah. away, but but Man in 2021, watch out for Manville. They're really then, young this year. Really young.
0: But then it's like play the hits. It's Richmond Foster, or it's Cedar Park, or it's Fort Bend Hightower. Nobody, I mean nobody, is happier to see Shadow Creek go to six A than Richmond Foster,
1: who, who t- in two two straight years has been vic- personally victimized by Shadow Creek.
0: Like they it's, beat it's them like four times in two years. I think I think they beat them. They beat them four times in two years, and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. and and. and like, I, I would bet I, – I don't have this in front of me. I would bet that those four games were decided by, like, nine points.
1: I can tell you that. They were decided um, – last year, <laughs> they lost to Shadow Creek by seven in the, regu- in the regular season and lost to Shadow Creek by five in the regional final. In 2018, they lost to Shadow Creek by one point in the regular season and by four points in the regional final.
0: God almighty.
1: Yeah. Like, and so I, was was that, I was at that regional points. final. Uh, in 2018, they played a regional final at U of H and Shadow Creek was, I mean, Foster was 21 21, seven going into the fourth quarter. So,
0: so look, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. A lot, a lot of attention is going to be paid to, to district 10, Manville, uh, Foster four pin high tower. Uh Uh-huh. 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 I'm into that. Um, but I think Cedar park is looming and they, I mean, they, when's the last time Cedar park had like a three year starting quarterback back?
1: I mean, uh, was it the last night in one state?
0: Yeah, it might have been. I mean, Ryder Hernandez is back, and he's he's going to be a problem. Uh, I think you can dream on a team like Friendswood. I think you can dream on a team. I'm my sleeper in the region, and I don't know if it's necessarily a sleeper considering I think they're ranked 21st in the rankings. But I like Dripping Springs a lot.
1: I think, I, you know, looking at Dripping Springs, they've, they've got some playoff pedigree, and they're, they're, they're in a district that, you know, they're in that district, San, San Antonio area district that moved over into Region 3. Um, I think they have a chance to, 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 to run the table in that district, although I think San Antonio veterans is going to be a, a chore to deal with in that, in that district. I'll tell you the team that I like that, that nobody's talking about. That's Katie Pado. I think Peyto has a chance to really be be a, a real problem. They, they moving up to Division One, but they're, they're, they've got great numbers. I mean, they have a chance to be strong, and I really like Laporte dropping down from six. I Laporte, the next couple of years, is going to be a chore to deal with as well.
0: So so the, the interesting thing about Peyto and, and we talked about this with another team that you were talking about that you were pretty high on earlier, and that is can they make the playoffs? Because they're in District 10, and so they're going to be in there with Manville, Foster, Highland park and Angleton, right? They got to be one of those to get in the mm-hmm. playoffs. And that's not going to be fun. Like if, if they get in, they're a problem, but like they, they might be, they also could be one of those teams. It's like best team, not making the playoffs. Um, yeah. So that's that's not, not,
1: that is not a, uh, a, a title you want. You don't want to have no, that no, title. You don't want that.
0: Um, yeah. So I am, I mean, I mean, heck, I mean, last year that was Angleton. Angleton was like the best team that didn't make the playoffs you know Mm -hmm. so all right so region three is is interesting yeah it depends on like does manville show up a year early if manville shows up a year early it's like okay they're a problem this year and then a big problem next year um for sure if they show up early basically um all right let's move to region four which again probably a little bit more of the like The clearing out process, the fact that uh, San Antonio Wagner is gone means that it's just a lot more wide open in region four that, you know, I don't want to say it's a three horse race because I think there's other teams that could be in it. But I look at Flower Bluff, Corpus Christi Vets, and then maybe like West East as like the teams to beat here.
1: I I agree. I I think, you know, 13, uh, 5A Division 1 and San Antonio ISD, those teams have traditionally struggled. I don't see any of them um, being a real threat come playoff time. You know, in 14... I, I think Southside has a chance to be a, a, a little bit of a sleeper. If you're looking for kind of a sleeper off the radar team, I might go with Southside. You know, they were Division Two the last couple of years, and they were knocking heads with the likes of Cal Allen, Alice, Calhoun. I think it's a battle-tested team. I think they got a pretty good draw realignment-wise. I think they should be uh, the favorite in District 14 and maybe to make a deep run. But I, I think the real power in Region 4 is in 15 and 16, like you said, with Vets, Flower Bluff, Wessico East and McAllen Memorial. Um, I think the real question mark is, is this in 16, you know, with the, with the, with the Valley schools, you know, how did we, we, we thought really highly of McAllen Memorial and Wessico East. Um, but now how, how, that, how, like you said in 6 how do those, those schools in the Valley handle the kind of new normal that we're dealing with? And do they have um, everything uh, in order to, to proceed with a potential deep playoff run?
0: And let, let's give a, a small shout out to your friend and mine, the great Mike Foreman because I think Victoria West has got a little something. Yeah, they are. They are low. They have 14 starters coming back from a, from a team that won a playoff game last year. And with a much more, uh, with a much more manageable region, at least in the sense that there's not that team that is the looming threat. Like last year, you know, last year they ran into San Antonio Harlan. Well, San Antonio Harlan's not there. like, there's just a lot of teams that eliminated teams. Like, okay, look at this. Uh, here's here's who eliminated the top teams in in uh, in the uh, in Region Four last year. Uh, Corpus Christi Vets lost to San Antonio Wagner. Wagner's in six A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flower Bluff lost to San Antonio Wagner. Same thing. Uh, Weslaco East lost to Westlake. while well, they dropped down. Uh, Victoria West lost to Harlan. Okay, they're in six A. Yeah, um, and then you go like McAl Memorial. McAl Memorial lost to Weslaco. Well. They drop down. Uh, And then you go to uh, San Antonio Southside. San Antonio Southside lost to Sherilyn Pioneer. Okay? They, uh, you know, Southside moved up. Like, all of these teams, like the team that got them last year, they won't have to run into it, which is just going to make for, like, a whole new landscape. Yes,
1: it's. I mean, I, there there is the potential for an all Rio Grande Valley regional final, and unfortunately, I don't know if, if attendance restrictions would be lifted by them. But could you imagine if we had no attendance restrictions? Uh, the crowd that would we might have to fly. We might to we might have to fly down for we'd have to fly down for a McAllen Memorial Wesco East regional final in the Valley. You talk about bananas. It would be it would be, it would be something. It will be an, an event. All right, so
0: let's do your regional picks here, uh, region by region, and then who you got winning.
1: All right, Region 1, I'm going with Red Oak. Region 2, I'm going to go with Denton Ryan. Region 3, I am taking Richmond Foster. Uh, And Region 4, I'm going to go... Give me West East. Let me get weird. I love it. And uh, State Championship, I've got Denton Ryan over Richmond Foster.
0: Okay. I agree with most of that. I'm going to go with Red Oak in Region 1. I'm going to go with Ryan in Region 2, although Lancaster is interesting to me. Um, I'm going to go with Cedar Park in Region 3. I think the defense leads the way for them and the senior quarterback. And then I'm going to go... Oh, I'm going to go Corpus Christi Vets, Carter Center leads them to a semifinal. I'm going to go Corpus Christi Vets in Region 4. So I that think, your- Yeah,
1: I think Vets and Flower Bluff are the smart money yeah. in Region 4.
0: So I'm going to go with that and then I'm going to say Denton Ryan over Cedar Park in uh, a low scoring slugfest um for the 5A division one. It's a very
1: team. Carl Abseck kind of game.
0: Yeah, very just muck
1: it up. 17 to 13 is Carl Abseck's game. He's- seven, seven, 17 to 13
0: like your MVP's the
1: kicker yeah. things like that. Yeah.
0: Um all right. Let's go on to 5A Division II as we have now reached the hour mark here on on this bonus edition of Tep and Step. We've got another podcast tomorrow, you jerks. Yes. (laughs) All right. 5A Division II. So somebody tweeted Mike Leslie the other day. And uh, Mike Leslie of WFAA because they are going to broadcast the um, Alito-Weatherford game. Is that right? Okay, oh no no they're doing they're doing I'm sorry they're, they're doing, doing Ennis uh, and Red Oak aren't they? They're doing Ennis and Red Oak and they're streaming it live. Yeah. Um, as they've done, and so uh, and, and somebody said it was like, hey, it's the number one team in Ennis taking on a you know from it, taking on a state ranked team in, in Red Oak, and somebody replied to him and goes, how in the world is is Alito not number one in five A Division two, and I would like to take the opportunity to field that question.
1: Um, Hi, Greg Tepper all, here. Right. <laughs> do, do your introduction, right? Hi, Greg Tepper.
0: Hi, Greg Tepper here. Let's talk about why NS is number one. Um, first of all, Alito, I, I don't think we can overstate how much Alito loses from last year's team.
1: The skill positions are, they, they, they were pretty good. I mean, they, they, they lost were, a lot of skill, lot, a lot of veteran skill talent.
0: Yeah, I mean, they are a team that they are going to be, they're going to have a new quarterback. They're going to have a new running back. Uh, They do have JoJo Earl back. Mm -hmm. They thought they had a quarterback...
1: Yeah, Ethan McBrayer transferred in. Yeah, Ethan McBrayer, the All-State quarterback, moved in from Godley, and he I believe hurt his knee in the scrimmage and is out for the year. So now, does does Alito go back to the original plan of putting JoJo Earl at quarterback? Which is not a bad plan. Let's put the ball in our best player's hands all the time, but does that take away from his ability, you know, because he was such a threat out at receiver, does that take away? I I think, you know, you can say what you want about the, the three Bishop brothers at quarterback at Alito, but those kids were winners, and they had that it factor yeah and, and i think losing that is, is is a is a is a loss there Or i think alito is going to be really strong shocking is in the trenches um i i think alito that that's going to be where, where their bread is buttered this year they're not going to have that that wow skill talent like they've had in the past now that being said so they still have two kids committed to lsu and jojo earl the receiver or quarterback and brian allen the safety and i think you could see brian allen play some more offense this year because he was a quarterback at Southwest on um, his freshman year. So that could be a possibility as well.
0: So we have Ennis number one in, in five, a division two. And I think a lot of that comes back to, and I had this conversation with Sam Harrell in the, in the offseason that if you go and you look at like the state championship NS teams, everyone talks about Graham Harrell, right? Everyone talks about the quarterback play because it's sexy because it's fun. It's, it's fun to talk about it because the offense is really, is really interesting. But Sam Harrell will tell you that the difference between good Ennis teams and great Ennis teams is when they have a great defense. And I think their defense could be
1: nasty this year. Yes, Ennis' front seven on defense is really, really good. Um, and I saw them against Corsicana last year, and they, they they were were borderline dominant. They they've got that nasty front seven. They're athletic enough in the secondary, and they've got Colin Drake at quarterback. I mean, this is a team that that you know pushed Toledo in the regional final last year to overtime. Now. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting in the press box in Sulphur Springs at a playoff game screaming at Sam Harrell to go for two <laughs> when they scored at the end of regulation, but he didn't, and he took it to overtime and lost, and I, I think that's probably one he wishes he had back, but I mean, this is an NS team that, that does, does not fear, that, that Alito mystique doesn't really work with Ennis. you know, Alito's got to go out and beat That you know, they're not yes. going to go out and be, be in awe of Alito and their state titles. But
0: so Ennis and Alito
1: both reside in
0: region two. But the one thing I think is pretty interesting is that I think, at least for regions one through three, we'll talk about region four in a bit. I think that from a statewide perspective, there's pretty good regional balance. At least at the top, that like there's not one region that's like overwhelmingly better than like all the others. No. Uh, I think that I think that I think you've got some like there's really quality teams in every region. Uh, We'll get to region four in a moment, but like region one through three, it's like there's like two or three or four really, really good teams that could make a run and and you and would not surprise you to see at AT ATT.
1: Yeah. You know, I think we start in region one and I think you've got, you know, two teams that stand above the rest. And that's the same two teams that have done it the last two years, and that's Lubbock Cooper and Wichita Falls Rider. And, you know, Lubbock Cooper, I mean, they, you know, you talk to folks from Lubbock Cooper and, you know, that Alito game, that, 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 they, they pushed Alito really tough and, 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 you know they got they got the, the wrong end of a bad call in that state semifinal yep. game at Abilene Christian. No question about it. They lose a lot of talent. They lose those two running backs. The one uh, uh, Isaiah Johnson who's at North Texas now, and they, they lost the other the other kid. Um, but they their quarterbacks back. They're still really big and physical up front. They've got that linebacker Kobe McKenzie, and they've got that winning pedigree. Lovett Cooper is going to be a problem, and I think Wichita Falls Rider. This is the year that Mark Bindle's squad's been waiting on. They are loaded. And Dude, they, they went to the semifinals two years ago, quarterfinals last year. This is a rider team that, that is loaded for bear right now. Like on paper,
0: on paper, Ryder is Ryder has 18 starters back. They had they they they, lo- they graduated eleven lettermen. They bring back forty-four. Mm-hmm. Like this. they are absolutely like if they now I, I will say this. I think the depth for Ryder is not great. Uh, they've got to keep their frontline guys healthy. Yeah, but if they stay healthy, like they're going to be trouble. going to be a problem. <laughs> Past that, I do think there's a drop off. Yeah. Um,
1: to probably I feel great. Oh, what about Wichita Falls? Yeah, I, I, I think Grapevine gets the edge just because of dropping down from Division One and having played against the likes of Denton Ryan and and in Colleyville. I think Ryan. I think the drop to Division Two is really going to help Grapevine. Um, I think you know Wichita Falls Canyon Randall. Um, you know if you want to get weird, let's go El Paso Burgess or Canatillo out west. Um, I think Parkland is going to take a step back this year. But, you know, but I think I think I don't think Parkland's the clear best team in El Paso Five A D two this year. I think it's a lot more parity out in the Sun City this year.
0: I think I think that's right as well, and so yeah. To me, it's like it's Lubbock, it's it's, it's Lubick Cooper and Wichita Falls Writer, and then a gap. That's not to say nobody can clear that gap, but it seems like those two, at least from the beginning, have to start at the top. Yeah. Then you get to Region Two. We talked Ennis and Alito a lot, um, but they're not alone. They're certainly not alone in that region. I no. know. I know you are, go ahead, get out your little Mansfield-Timberview uh, pennant and think- convince me that this is the year for them.
1: Uh, you know, dropping down from Division, two, Division One to Division 2 they're super athletic. They've got a bunch of playmakers. They're, they're, they're as talented as anyone. It's just a matter of them putting it together. Um, yeah. I, I, I like James Brown. I think he's done a heck of a job there at Timberview. I think it's just a matter of Tim Review getting that confidence in winning a game, or even being competitive in a game against a team like Alito that I think would would do them a lot of good. Um, yes, I think. You know, you look at D- District 7, I think it, it's now or never for Denison. I mean, if Denison's going to get, you know, mm-hmm. Denison's gone 13 and seven. They've won seven and six games the last two years and missed the playoffs. Um, they've actually beaten Frisco the last two years, and Frisco has made some good runs the last two years, and Denison's beat them in District. But Denison's problem is they've fallen on the wrong side of tiebreakers against Lovejoy. I think it's now or never for Denison and J. Adrian Price and that really good senior class they have. Um, I think they have a chance to be pretty good. Obviously, we talked about Ennis uh, and District Eight. I think Corsicana is going to be solid, and, and you know, if you're looking for a real deep sleeper, watch out for North Forney this year. I think North Forney is a shot to be really, really special.
0: Yeah, I think they're. I think they're going to be solid as well. Um, I'm interested to see what Mesquite Potite does as a drop down um, from from division from Division One. I'm interested in them. Uh, I have not hid my love for what Jeff Harbert's done at Frisco. Um, just like a small tweak, man, of just like, we're going to throw the ball more. Like, we're still going to be who we are, but we're just going to throw the ball more. And then they're just like, they're off as just zoom crazy. Yeah. And they're and Chase really, Larry's,
1: yeah, Ch- Chase Larry's special. You know, we haven't talked about Sock, you know, well, I yeah. think, I think if Sock, Sock, if, if if they can clean the the offense struggled last year, if they can clean that offense up a little bit, and I know they made some changes on the, on on the offensive coaching staff and with their philosophy, if they can get that offense going, that their defense is good enough to play with anybody in this region. And that's including Alito.
0: Now let's be clear. Uh, Whereas we have, and and so, and and we have, I I mentioned this off the top, but like that we have NS number one, we have Alito number two. If you want to put Alito number one and NS number two, That is entirely reasonable. I think that is. I mean, that's yeah, that's totally fine. I don't think. I don't think there's much daylight between Ennis and Alito. Um, You know, we give Alito, we give Ennis the edge because I think they've got some 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 uh, some advantages and some key spots. But like, make no mistake. I mean, Alito, look, Alito's a nine-time state champion. Like, they they are. Nobody is counting
1: out Alito. Just say your tweet. chance advantage. Go. You know, you're you're you're, you won't catch any arguments from us. Totally reasonable.
0: Certainly not, certainly not. And then of course I must shout out my mom's alma mater. Let's go, Kimball. Um, there you go. shout out Kimball. Okay. Let's go to Region Three. Where a lot of your a lot of what you think of Region Three comes down to what you like if you think Fort Ben Marshall is like gonna is gonna be able to, to, to do it again. Because the thing like take Fort Ben Marshall and what we were talking about earlier with like North shore and with a few of those other teams where they have the superstars, but the nuts and bolts are gone Fort Ben Marshall is kind of the opposite Mm -hmm. that, that they are a team that uh, they're losing uh, the, the, the superstar quarterback and they're losing the superstar running back. They're losing a lot of the headliners, but like offensive line is like almost entirely intact. Like, the defensive front is like pretty pretty much back like
1: a lot of if worker you worker be type type guys exactly last year. worker
0: mm-hmm. bees it's a great way to put it um do you think that they are uh they are a, a div, are, were they the Devonna Chan show and the Malik Hornsby show or is this a team that's going to be able to rebuild rebuild it's too too you know too strong of a term but like a team that's going to be able to put it all together with those worker bees without those like queen bees to use the, the terrible Analogy.
1: Yeah, you know, they're going to be really good, and this James Williams has done such a good job with that program that that, that they're not going to take a, a big step back. But I think they do take a step back this year. I think that opens the door in Region Three. I, I don't see Fort Ben Marshall being quite the juggernaut they they have been the last two years. But the thing about it is the two teams that have pushed them the most the last two years. Well, three the three teams Manville has gone to Division One, Anem mm-hmm. Consolidated lost everybody as well. And Huntsville lost a really good senior class as well. So those yep. those three are not I think this opens the door for Texarkana, Texas High, dropping down from Division One.
0: Yeah, Texas High, high on that,
1: man. I'm very high on Jerry Stanford's squad. I think they've got what it takes. And, you know, they scrimmaged Longview last week, and I know it ended in a fight, and I know it was just a scrimmage. But the past couple of years, they've just gotten bludgeoned by Longview. And I talked to Hayden Henry at the Longview News Journal, and he goes, dude, Texas High looked good. He was like they, they were the better team in a lot of sequences against Long. He's like he goes, they're going to be a problem this year. Um, so yeah. I, I'm very high on Texas High, and, and I, I'm I'm high on Barber Hill. I think Barber Hill has a chance yep. to be really good this year as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk about like talk about a, like a coaching. Uh, Like you've got a a great class of coaches here with James Williams at at Marshall. You've got Lee Fedora at uh, at A&M Consolidated. And then you've got uh, Tom Westerberg at Barbers Hill. I mean, it is really, really, not to mention, you know, Coach Southern at at Huntsville. Um, uh, Who's at Marshall now?
1: Uh, Jay Greedle.
0: Jake Greedle, I'm yeah. really – he's a guy who's on our 40 under 40. Um, you know, uh, Jerry Prieto at, at, at Crosby. It's a really, really – and then Jerry Stanford, of course, too. It's a really good coaching class. Uh, yeah. and its interesting because they're a team that, like, they they tick all the boxes of, like, they've been really good recently. And, like, they've got a couple of, of, of like, key spots. And, like, I think they're the favorite in their district and things like that. But – like they lose a lot of those key yeah. components from last year's squad.
1: They were a team that the skill spots was just so loaded that you know I felt like you know they they, they could have they, they gave Fort Fort Ben Marshall all they wanted in the uh, in that playoff game last year. So they just lost a lot of production.
0: And so I do think it's it's a lot more wide open that like you know yeah Fort Ben Marshall of course has been to the title game the past couple of years and they deserve your respect. But at the same time, if they slip, it's not like there's a guaranteed here's the next team up. Like, I think you you're right. Like, Texas High starts the year twentieth in our rankings, but like if they win the region, it will not surprise me. Or like, uh look, what about Crosby? I know last year was not up to their standards, but like th- a third year under Jerry Prieto, second year? Uh this is year
1: two. The, 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 year last two. year was up to their standards, but they got better as the year went along. Yeah. They, they improved every week.
0: And, and the coaches, we did the coaches poll on this, too, and, and a lot of the coaches are like, watch out for them. They think they're going to be good. I would also throw in, and I know that their record last year was not very good, but I think Niederland's going to be a lot better this year, and I think they have a chance to, to get stronger uh, this year. So there's a look at Region 3. Let's move on to Region 4, and this is the mystery box. Welcome to, welcome to the mystery box in Region 4, because it's like, uh, like, You could talk me into, let me look at this. I'm I'm going through our our regional rankings, and I'm trying to find the first team that you couldn't talk me into them winning the region. I think it's the ninth ranked team we have. You have the top eight teams there that if you were to be like, hey, by the way, like if you're like, I'm from the future, Leander Glenn wins region four, I'm like, okay, that checks out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like now I do think there's two, three, four, Five at the top that are probably a little bit more bunched together. They are in some order: Bernie Champion,
1: last year's Liberty Champion,
0: yes, Liberty Hill, who's moving up from Regent from four A Division One, Brenham, who was a very quiet ten win team last year, um, Kerrville Tyvy also a very quiet ten win team last year, and then our New Valley darling, mm-hmm. Sherilyn Pioneer, with your leader and mine. Eddie Lee Marburger, yeah, our,
1: our special boy,
0: our very special Rio Grande Valley boy.
1: Yes. Yes. Um,
0: uh, so I saw, look, Pi-
1: it's- I saw Pioneer last year in the, in the third round of the playoffs against champion. And, you know, that, that was a regional champion that Pioneer played and Pioneer left that game. You know, that was an overtime game and they felt like they should have won the game. You know, the, the kid for champion doesn't make an in- incredible leaping interception. Pioneer is probably lining up to get the game winning field goal in regulation. It's a legit yeah. team. They are they are legit, folks.
0: Yeah, and so look, it's it's kind of like, it's like what do you value? Like what do you value? Like if you if you if you're like okay, let's go with the team that won the region last year. Well, that's easy. That's that's Bernie champion. Like dust your hands off, you're good. They're not by all means like they they are. They got kind of wiped out on the skill position spots. They're They're, not their own.
1: Come on, their quarterback I think is playing baseball at TCU now, and he was a really special football player as well.
0: Liberty Hill. Is moving up, which is always tough, but they're moving up with nine starters on offense of a team that you and I were on this podcast talking about like, man, you screwed up, let them in the playoffs Mm -hmm. because they just like, they, they, they are, they, they got better as the season went on and the front is the devil. The sees the Devil, Brenham is in that mix too. I think their defense has a chance to be really good. I think Kerville tyvey has a chance to put it all together. And then, of course, there's, there's Pioneer. And if it's not any of them, then it's like, okay, Georgetown-Eastview was a pretty good team last year. Leander mm-hmm. Glenn was a pretty good team last year. Um, Mission Vets has has history of making deep runs, although I and think they're, they, dropping, they, and they're dropping down. Yeah, and they're dropping down, although do, they lose uh, A.J. Gonzaki, right? No, he, he, he transferred back. The, the, he's he, back at Veterans. Of course, yeah. Yes. He, this has
1: been the weirdest year. 2020. So,
0: look. Region four is the mystery
1: box. It is. It's. It's. You, you, you hit it perfectly, Tepper. There There's about eight, eight or nine teams. You know, I think I think eight teams that could win this region, and and, and you'd have a hard time getting me to think otherwise. So I, I think this is this one of those regions where come come playoff time, we're going to be like who, and we're just going to yeah. like, well, they won the region.
0: So, let's now go to your regional picks, Matthew Step.
1: All right, Region 1, I'm going to go with Wichita Falls Rider. Region 2, give me Ennis. I'm going to take Ennis. Oh. I'm going to take Ennis. Uh, region 3, give me Texas High. And in Region 4, I'm going to go with Brenham. Okay. Uh, I think Brenham's athleticism is the difference in Region 4. Um, and for the state title, uh, give me Ennis over Texas High. Okay. And it's certainly not chalky. I'm going to
0: go Lubbock Cooper out of Region One.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Ennis in Region Two. Although, where would they meet? They would meet in the regional final, Ennis mm-hmm. and Lido, and mm-hmm. that's that's going to be just a. I mean, that's to me that if you want to say that's a state title game, I get it. Uh, I'll take Ennis right now here on September 21st. Uh, I'm going to go with Barber's Hill out of Region 3. Okay, weird okay, I like it. Region 4. Let's get weirder. S- screw it. Eddie Lee Marburger leads Sheridan Pioneer <laughs> to a state semifinal.
1: I love it. I love Let's it. Let's
0: go. So in a state championship game, that means you're going to have a semifinal of Barber's Hill versus Sheridan Pioneer. And hey, which I am
1: wh- Let me tell you. Here I, would, I would give P- Pioneer a puncher's chance in that semifinal. Heck yeah. I would give them Heck a puncher's yeah. chance in that semifinal. And that's, not, and that's not, I know we stay in the Rio Grande Valley and we get some, some hell for it, but I'm serious. I would give shot pioneer a puncher's yeah. chance in the semifinal. They, against Barbers Hill. They got that guy. They got that dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and in a title game, I'm going to go with Ennis over Barber's Hill in a title game. So there's my, uh, regional picks. And so now Matthew, that wraps up our one hour, 20 something minute, a preview. And guess look. what? We're, We're going to do, do another. To another podcast tomorrow. That's right. So there you go. There is your six a and five a preview. You heathens. Um, <laughs> thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We love you very much. Uh, tell tell people to uh, to subscribe so that our death is not in vain. Correct. Um, and uh, step. Thanks for your courage. We'll do this again tomorrow. Thank you. See you next week. And by next week, I mean tomorrow on the stuff.